Welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford joined by Jacob Barker this week. And the second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. And this is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part? It's free to play. DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. These questions can range from which team will hit the most threes to which team's going to score first. DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Jacob, how you doing, man? I am doing well. How are you doing, Justin? Oh, just fantastic. I appreciate you uh, you filling in for Noah. He just kind of bailed at the last minute. Um, so appreciate that. But yeah, things have been good. Uh, for our listeners out there this week, because Jacob and I uh, live together now, we got a cat for the house, uh, a little kitten named Theo. So he meows a lot. So you might hear him in the background of this episode because he just kind of free roams. Yeah, is Theo still in your room, or did he wander out in the hallway? Yeah, I think he's under my bed right now, to be honest, like meowing at me. I don't know if you can hear him from where you are. I could I could hear him, but I, I wasn't sure. I didn't think it was coming through my headset, so I think it was just coming from the walls. So we'll oh, see if he actually ends up in the episodes. Yeah, but... He's by my feet. Oh, there okay, he's chilling. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah so he's, he's chilling. All right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been a good week. The Euros finally started for, you know, any soccer fans out there. Uh, so we've been tuning into that. You're a big England fan. They're up, you know, they, they won their game today. Oh, so, of course. Oh, it was a great, start. great showing. Is yeah, this the year it finally comes home? No, but <laughs> that's okay. Lots of good teams out there. Uh, so we're watching that because there's not, I mean, the last few days there's been no playoff games, no hockey games um, because the NHL, I don't know who makes their schedule, but it's whack. Yeah. I don't really know why there's like a three day gap for no hockey there. I mean, I get rest. I understand that, but 
uh, just the whole like staggered starts, everything like that. Uh, it seems weird. Even just starting like, yeah, I, when we were talking about earlier today, it's like starting Sunday at 3 p.m. just feels odd. It feels odd to me that like the one game is a Sunday at 3 p.m. Like we couldn't have done it Saturday prime time. Like, I, I don't know. That's that's my thought on it. But yeah, today's game is solid, though. It was yeah. a good game. Yeah, like to me, the, the schedule, the issue I have with it, first of all, the playoffs have been definitely better for having staggered starts. They've been pretty good about that, mm-hmm. which is nice because they sucked at that in the regular season. But just like the league rushed so quickly to get into the playoffs. Like they started the playoffs before the Canadian teams had finished playing. That's how much they rushed into it. And now they, and then they just schedule like a nice three-day break for for these teams when and yeah, and it's a 3 p.m. game on a Sunday when Saturday night makes so much more sense to, to have, you know, your opening of, you know, the, the guest conference finals. It's just, it's weird. But I know that was, that was odd, but I mean, in terms of the actual gameplay today, like obviously we, we were going to go split screen at our place. We were going to have that. And then the Ukraine uh, Netherlands game there for, for the Euros, but TSN was not cooperating. So shout out to Sportsnet for uh, allowing us to watch the, Islanders Tampa game, but like overall game quality was good. Um, yeah, very on brand, and with Islanders gameplay, that's a very typical New York Islanders win in Game One. It's tough to see that second goal be the GWG there because it wasn't Vasilevsky's prime or best moment. It was not the uh, Vasilevsky we saw against the Panthers. No, if you would have like done that a couple times against the Panthers, I think we're we're talking about a different series outcome. But he was just unbelievable. So, yeah, like, like you watch Vasily. I don't think like he he is one of the best goalies in the like, he is probably the best goalie in the world. I don't think he gets enough credit for how big a part he is of Tampa's success. Like mm-hmm. when it was McElhaney this year, they were terrible, and those series either go longer or they might even lose if he doesn't play the way he did against the Panthers in Carolina. Like he was massive in those series. Not very good today. Uh, I mean, really, the whole Lightning team didn't look great today. No, it's a it's a mix of like you, you give the Islanders credit as well. They they know how to play. They play an incredible system. It's meant to shut down the best, uh, and it and it worked today. Like I remember, I don't know, it might have changed in the last minute, but going into the final few minutes of the game, it was Stamkos, Kucherov, and Point combining for one shot on goal. Yeah, with about six minutes left in the game. Yeah, so that might have been inflated a little bit in the last bit when the empty net uh, came for Tampa. But yeah, like just. Like that, that system is designed to shut down the best players on the other team. So Tampa is probably going to have to take a little bit to feel it out, uh, see what they do. But yeah, like in this case, like when you compare it, like if Vasilevsky doesn't play the way he did against Florida, I like I know I'm biased, but I, I like Florida is going seven, and Florida's probably like he won some games for Tampa in that series. Big yeah, it wasn't like okay, it wasn't like just that he wanted. It. it wasn't like just that he was very very good. It was at the Panthers goalies up until Spencer Knight and the one game from Chris Drieger weren't very good. Mm-hmm. And that was just too big a gap for the team to overcome. Uh, but yeah, credit to the Islanders today. Like they shut it down. They did what they they've done for, you know, the last number of years under Barry Trotz. And like, we were watching the end of the game there. Islanders protecting the one goal lead Tampa. They get the, you know, they got the one goal back. Their net's empty and they're, they're trying to get shots through. There's like a minute left. And like, there are so many bodies in between the puck and the net. Like, I actually don't know if it like is possible for a shot to get through that. Like, oh, that is like they just clog it right up. 
Oh, that is like, it's a term that I love using now. Is Theo at my door? I think he's at my door. But yeah, he was scratching. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll keep talking as I go let him in. But that that is like classic. We, we talk about the terms mostly just in soccer. Oh, he's at the washroom now. Okay. Okay, figure it out. Yeah, I'll leave that open. But yeah, so um, that's classic Brexit hockey right there. That is like, and that, all that means is just like, this is purely for the badge. Like you see it a lot with like Burnley of the, in the Premier for all, League. Yeah, for all the crossover hockey soccer fans, just for the badge, old school, get everybody in the lane, whatever you need to do to protect the net. It's, it's absolutely jokes, but like it's effective. It worked out really well, it, and it can be classified as boring, which I mean, like, fair enough, but also, like, it's effective. They're in the conference final. They went in the winning game, so they beat Tampa game one in Tampa. Like, it's, and like, I, as much as the entertainment value goes down, like, I don't think it really matters in that case. They're going to, they keep winning. That's their job, to win hockey games. Yeah, and they're very, very good at it. Like, give them credit. And this, this is, like, this is a tough series for, for Panthers fans because – you know, you can't really – you can't cheer for the Lightning. You just can't do it. But you also don't like the Islanders either, right? Like, it's tough because they both – you don't like either, but the Islanders probably are the, the lesser of the two evils in this situation if you're a Panthers fan. And even if you're a neutral fan, why not? Like, what have the Islanders ever done really to anyone? They're yeah. just kind of there playing their, their game. Yeah. No, there isn't really a team that I – necessarily want to root for in the final four like when i look and it's like i don't want to cheer for tampa because i don't like them that much like i i don't like them the islanders are pretty dull like like i said it's fair but like it's not really a team i want to cheer for that much um the habs are i i can't even explain at this point how they're here right now but it doesn't like, make sense, but they are, so. No, so the Habs are here, and I'm a Sens fan, so I don't want to cheer for the Habs. And then um, and then Vegas, who, like, it, they're at the, Vegas is at the point, I don't know if you're feeling like this either, but Vegas is at the point where, like, their, like, way of, like, behavior, like, they're, like, outgoing, like, social. It's, it's coming to the point where it's just annoying at this point now. Like, they're trying to be, like, too cool. And, I, like, I see it a lot on Twitter, like, they're, they're just, like, a they're, – they're, making a lot of people angry just because they don't, they, they have like the, like the spotlight is us. We, we, everyone revolves around us kind of thing. Yeah. What we do is like, like what everyone else follows suit. And for like a four-year-old expansion team, it was cool when it was like a year old, but now it's just like, okay, no, now you're just being annoying. So like, I yeah. don't really want to cheer for Vegas. Vegas um, like was an easy team to root for in the last couple of years. Or not like their first couple of years because it was like new team, mm-hmm. but all, all these players have been written off. So it's like okay, like that's an easy team to root for. Mm-hmm. Now it's like not only it's like what you just said, but it's also the fact like for their fans, like a fan of any other NHL team has endured like the pains of their mm-hmm. franchise and their history, right? Like the Panthers have had like pretty much no success the last twenty years, right? That sucks. The Senators other than, you know, a couple runs here, there, a lot of pain Leafs fans, as much as, you know, we're not huge fans of them. A lot of very unfortunate mm-hmm. moments for, for them in their history, Vegas, like they, just, they haven't had that pain yet. 
they've walked into the league and have made the conference final three out of their four years. And the only time they didn't was when they legitimately got screwed over in that San Jose game seven, when they were up three, nothing. And that crap five minute major that ended up resulting in four San Jose goals. Yeah. Like that is the closest to like actual like pain for that fan base that that it gets. Mm -hmm. And it's not that bad. No, it's not great, but they like, still had an opportunity to win. They still had every chance. Like you can't, they could have just killed the four minutes I, or they could have killed the five minutes. Yeah. But yeah. No, but I got to ask like, as a sense fan though, like, are you cheering for Mark Stone? I cheered for Mark Stone. I like it. If I had, like, if you gave me those four options and we're like, pick a team, I'm probably, I'm probably still going to lean Vegas just because simply because of the Mark Stone effect. Yeah. Um, I love Mark Stone. I think he's one of the best wingers in the league. Um, I'm still to this day heartbroken that he had to leave. I I stand by the part that he did have to leave. Like he was going, whether it was free agency or in trade. So I get it, but it's still like, to me, it's like, I would have fought harder. I would have tried like everything I can to keep him because I think he's that valuable. And uh, yeah, that was a tough one for sure. Yeah. And it was like, it wasn't like, the Carlson one, I'm not going to justify the, the Carlson trade too, too much, but there's more warrant to that than it is to the Mark to the Mark Stone for me because I look and I'm like, the, like Carlson's had a, a very logical point in his career where like you move and now you look at what he's doing in San Jose now, where he's it's like, okay, like he's, he's not, on his decline. Yeah. Oh, he's Stone well was just, it. yeah. Stone was just entering his prime. Like it's not yeah. like we were trading a washed stone. Yeah, like, like, we, have to, we have some great memories, but he's not going to do it. It's like no, like he's going to get better in Vegas. Like he's in, so it was yeah, it was a frustrating one for sure. But yeah, I guess like I I like Mark Stone still. He's one of my favorite players, so I'll, I'll cheer for Vegas in that case. But um, still, I if they win a cup, oh, it's going to be so annoying. Yeah, you know? it, it'll be annoying like a little bit, and like for me, like you know, as a Panthers fan, like seeing Riley Smith, Jonathan Mars' show, like obviously two very, very good players that the Panthers just gifted away, uh, which is not great, but like, it would be nice to see them do well. And like, realistically, like, I think for the rest of the way, like I'm probably just going to cheer for whatever team comes out of that series, like for the Habs, like they're boring. They're not exciting. I don't know how they're here, but if they manage to find a way to win, like it's not the worst. And like, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, people from Quebec who, who come down to Florida in the winter, you know, and we'll watch, you know, Panthers games, support the team financially. So I feel like I could cheer for them a little bit, especially because the alternative is the Islanders in Tampa mainly. Yeah, I I would definitely lean, like my dad is also a Habs fan. So, so I would lean closer to the, I, I would take the winner of the Habs Golden Knights to cheer for over the winner of the Islanders. Yeah, I think, I think, I think you have to. Yeah. Um, we'll move on though, because we're pressed for time on this episode, uh, because I'm using my dad's Zoom account and that gets turned over at 6.30. Uh, but our main thing we wanted to talk about this episode, well, not the main thing, the first thing, the kind of big thing in the news this week was a question coming from Nathan McKinnon's press conference after being eliminated in six games by the Vegas Golden Knights. The question coming from Adrian Dater. I have the entire quote here. The, and I'm sure a lot of people have already listened to it. If you haven't, you can find it almost anywhere. But essentially, it was like, Nathan, like, you've basically, you know, your team, like, you had a really good team. You did all you can do. 
and you've done all this game planning next year, do you just go off? Fuck it. We're not going to think we're just going to go out and play. And he's like, so am I like onto something with this? And Nathan McKinnon was like, no. And everyone immediately ripped it. And then it found its way to Twitter and then start a little Twitter beef there between Dater and some other uh, reporters. What are your thoughts on that question, that press conference and just everything that happened around it? Well, first of all, I hate it. Like that's the short answer, but the long answer I want, like, when you think about this happening, it's a discussion that I have a ton because as a coach, like, I have talked to athletes about, uh, about this. And even I've had to interview in these cases and I want you to kind of put yourself in McKinnon's shoes here and think you lost a gut wrenching game six to Vegas, hard fought series, fantastic gameplay. It's too like I the yeah the Avalanche won the President's Trophy. They tied for points with Vegas. It's two onesies going at it in this. It's, it's not like an upset. Teams. Like it's no, two no. very very good teams. No no, like, there is nothing separating these teams in my mind. So fantastic series, um, and you battled. You played well. It wasn't perfect, I know, for a lot of Avalanche fans, but you played well. You lost to a really good hockey team. Like that's so, just the way it goes sometimes. Like sometimes yeah. it's like you know, a lot of guys show up and play well and you just, you don't win. Mm -hmm. The other team just is a little bit better and gets a little bit luckier. Yeah. Like that is a lot of what playoffs are. Mm -hmm. And, and to have, like, you're at this press conference, you're gutted because you know that you, like your goal, this Avalanche team, obviously the goal is a cup. Well, you're like, the thing too, is like earlier in that press conference, the most important quote pretty much from it, like, you know, reporters are always like, all right, we're going to ask questions and we wait till we get, you know, the quote that we want. Right. Mm-hmm. that's what they're always looking for and once they get their quote they're they're set and the quote came before that question which was nathan mckinnon basically said i've been in the league nine years and i haven't won shit and that sucks right mm-hmm. that's you're, you know if you're if you're on that zoom call doing the, the post game like that's your quote right there that's all you need mm-hmm. right like you got it you're good exactly so for him to then get asked this question that basically says, essentially, here, he is saying, fuck the game plan. Like, screw any sort of, like, pregame analysis. Screw any sort of prep. Like, basically, he's he's saying what you've done to this point just doesn't work. Any of the prep, anything before the games, everything you've done just doesn't work. Um, why don't you just try playing hockey? Is the stupidest question. I've yeah. ever heard in, or like the stupidest like thought it's like imagine you walk in the, and you're just like oh just go play I'm like that simply is just not how the NHL works what would happen if the Islanders were just told to go play well that's what, like, like exactly like that team is built on their system and thinking yeah. and making smart plays like and, and the reality is like that that doesn't solve anything like that you telling them to go play doesn't do anything because they're obviously playing. They're playing hockey. They're doing the best that they can, and they got unlucky, and they lost to a very good Vegas team. So asking yeah. that, I like, guess, just telling them to go, to go play just simply is, like, the stupidest thing. And I have no, like, I, if I'm McKinnon, I probably went, like, I would have probably told him, like, that was, like, the stupidest question I've ever heard in my life. Like, I don't really know what McKinnon was supposed to say. Like, yeah. if I got asked that question, I'm like, is there any other like answer you can think of other than no? Yeah, like the like the answer is no. Like Nathan McKinnon nailed it, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
and yeah, it's just a bad question. And the thing for me too is that like all all the stuff that happened on like Twitter and stuff afterwards, where you know Dater's defending the question and going after people, uh, which you know he's done in the past. And it's mm-hmm. like it wasn't a good question, right? And like, but that happens, right? Like you you fuck up sometimes, like. We don't have, you know, we don't always have great episodes when we do this podcast. We don't, I don't always ask great questions. Like it happens, right? You try something, it doesn't work. You just accept that. You're like, yeah, like I made a mistake. Not going to do that again. Like it's not that hard to like just hold yourself accountable. But no, he just dug in and defended the question. And it's Mm. like, just, just own it. Like it, it was bad. No, he is, um, he, he's notorious for this as well. Um, but it just seemed like such a, it, it just seemed like such a weird, like, and then like, I'm on his Twitter now, like I'm looking through this, it's like, because like people are obviously calling him out. And then he said, he's like, I mangled this question big time. Fair. There's a reason I'm a writer and not a broadcaster. I don't yeah. think that is a logical enough excuse to ask it's like okay if you're See, just I, I, I don't i don't mind that but that wasn't his initial response that was like yeah days later right mm-hmm. oh and, and if that if that had been the first thing he said after he's like yeah i mangled this make a little like you know don't take yourself too seriously basically and just move on then it's not even a thing right if that's your mm-hmm. initial but then it's because he like digs in and does this that everyone makes a huge deal about it and mm-hmm. you know and it speaks to a whole bunch of other stuff like you know, there's been a lot of talk going on just in the sports world in general about, you know, athletes and, you know, mental health and doing press conferences and stuff like that. And like, you know, uh, you, you get questions like that and it's like, you get it. Like, it, no, it's I, brutal. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I don't understand what it was. I feel like I get you mangling a question. Um but yeah, no, I, I, if you're going to ask a question, at least, yeah, I, I, it's got to be better than that for me. Like, yeah. That was just a really, really poorly weighted, poor, poorly phrased question, poorly worded. I think even if he had worded it better, it's still not a great question. Like, what yeah, are you hoping I don't, to I don't get really in there? The like, he's giving you, you want, like, he's upset. He is, you know, it's been nine years where he's been doing this and getting knocked out and, mm-hmm. you know, he hasn't made the third round. So, what else do you really want? Like he's given you yeah, what, what you need to write your, your article or whatever, send your tweet. Like you don't need anything else from the guy. Yeah. Um, but we'll move on now. Cause we wanted to talk at least something about the Panthers. I know there's not a lot going on with the team right now because it's like pretty much the off season and you're kind of just waiting. And I'm sure, you know, the team itself, they're all, you know, working on their expansion draft and stuff like that. But I thought we'd take a quick look at the 2021 draft, which Noah and I have talked about in various episodes of the podcast. Uh, but you are our draft specialist here on the show, uh, along with also being our cap expert. Uh, so I'm curious to know, hear your thoughts. The Panthers currently holding the 26th pick in the draft, which is really the 25th pick because Arizona uh, forfeits theirs because of uh what happened last year with you know all their legal testing of players uh you have a pretty good read on this draft better than most people better than me for sure um they have the 26 pick actually before we talk about that i want to talk about owen power the guy who's projected to be the number one overall pick which would be the buffalo sabers um 
these guys, some people very, very high on him, some people very, very low on him. He's coming off a pretty good world championships over in Latvia, projected to be the number one pick, has already stated that he intends on returning to Michigan next year. What are your thoughts on, on that decision and just on play, uh, on power in general as a player? Yeah, well, obviously his decision is unprecedented for a first overall pick, as every first overall pick has been in the NHL in their year, but it is warranted in this case. With Powers game, um, he definitely has incredible potential. He's 6'6", he skates really, really well, uh, offensive-minded. He's, he's got the physicality, he's got the actual puck skills to be a really dominant defenseman at the next level. He's just still very raw. He has a lot of refining to do in his overall game, specifically defensively. Uh, there's a lot to work on just in terms of actually using his physicality uh, down, down in the defensive zone to assert himself. And hopping him into the NHL right away is not going to help with that. I think I, my, my scenario for him, if I'm the Sabres, I'm looking, oh, Theo's getting scared because there's thunder. But um, yeah, I think with, uh, I don't know where he went. He's gonna run away. Um, but I think with um, yeah, with power, my thought is he plays out the season with U of M, and then he signs and does his limited amount of like signs immediately after, does his uh, few games at the end of the season, and then he's a full time NHLer after that. But give him a year of the NCAA again, can really help. It's it's a great league. The NCAA is fantastic. So it's a great, 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 great place to develop. Yeah, great development league gets another full year under U of M. Great coaching. A good system play there. Uh, so I think that's, that is best case scenario. And I really hope that Buffalo doesn't flip the switch on that and try to force him into the NHL because I think that would be a really, really bad scenario for him in his first year. Yeah, and we, we rep on the Sabres a lot. And, uh, you know, you feel a little bit bad because just so much bad stuff going on over there. The one thing I don't think enough people are talking about with this decision is that, you know, a lot of people are just joking at the Sabres like, wow, he doesn't want to play there. Uh, which he might not, who knows. But to me, the decision, I think, says a lot about him as a, uh, about Owen Power as a person. Because, like, I, I don't know Owen Power. I'm assuming you don't know Owen Power. Uh, but to me, when, when he, you know, he's saying, I'm going to go back to college for another year, it's a player that, it's very easy for someone who's a, a highly rated prospect, who's been hyped up for a number of years, to basically say, yeah, like I'm ready. You know, the goal is playing in the NHL. I want to get there. I want to be a star. Like, let's go. Right. I think it shows a lot of maturity on his part to say, look, I, obviously I want to be an NHL player. I want to be the best NHL player I can be. I'm not ready yet. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what that says to me. He, it's, it's that self-awareness of, look, I want to be a good player in this league. I need time to work on my game and get better. And we saw that uh, a few years ago with Kale McCarr who made the decision. He played junior A his, his draft year. Then he did a year at the University of uh, Massachusetts and had a fantastic year, very easily could have joined the Avalanche that season uh, once the NCAA had ended. But he said, look, I'm not ready. I'm going to go back. I want to get stronger, this and that. And he did. And Kale McCarr is up for the Norris this year for a reason because he is one of the best defensemen in the NHL and you know you, you never know but I think that decision plays plays a big part in that in his development and so I like that Owen Power has said that that's what he wants to do especially because he's not like that 
you know, can't miss first overall pick. He is just, you know, the most prominent name in a just jumbled list of draft eligible players. Uh, coming back to the Panthers real quickly here, 26th overall. Uh, a lot of good forward prospects in the Panthers system. Not a ton of really good defensive prospects. Um, do you have like a couple players who you think would be available in that range that you think would be nice fit for the Panthers? Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of players. I'll speed round them. And then um, next time we hop on, I can match, like we can go in depth and do a few options here, probably a little bit closer to the draft. We can go. Yeah, we're kind of a little close um, time-wise. So yeah. we'll, we'll so wrap it up here. But I'll just, just throw, throw out some names. Yeah, speed round then, some names for like some, you, could, you you all can do some research real quick. Yeah, I was thinking, prep. I was talking with Noah, we were thinking about doing an episode and hoping to have you on to do one where mm-hmm. we do like a mock draft. Oh, for sure. And we yeah. just, we, we each take every third team and roll through them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So when but I look in the, at in that range, who do you like? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot. I mean, uh, given the Panthers situation, I think when I'm looking for forwards, I'm looking for speed. I'm looking for guys that are going to fit the system. Um, high skill. I'm not really concerned as much about uh, just the physicality. I know that they'll get there eventually. Um, so right now, wow, it is thunderstorming. Holy cow. Um, right now, I think a great fit would be Isaac Rosen for the team. I think he, he plays with pace. He has a ton of skill. Uh, he could slide right in. I think another option is Logan Stankoven. Uh, it's guys that are just fast, skilled hockey players with a lot of upside. Um, the physicality may not quite be there for them yet, but I'm not too concerned about it. And it's not like you need them to slide in right away. You guys are fine now. It's more like let them develop, let them get their full strength. Uh, Simon Robertson, if he's available, will be nice as well, but I don't think he will be. Uh, and then for defensemen, your your number one name for me, again, I, it, whether he's available or not um, is up in question right now. I think Daniel Chaika is your guy. Um, if he doesn't go early again, the mid range is when you start to get defensive reaches, especially in a draft, like the, a lot of high end defensive prospects. And then it kind of, drops. and then there's a big gap. Yeah. So like in this range, I bet there's going to be some reach and I don't know if Chaika is going to be around at that point, but if he is just a solid, good at everything guy, uh, tons of potential. And I, I really like him. I think he, he can fill a lot of different roles. He's versatile, which I think fits the Panther system really well. Like he, he's not like a one tool guy. He's not, he's, it's not like a one or two tools and you're looking to develop a third kind of guy. No, he's a five tool guy. Just like, yeah. Billy Bean type of guy. Five. Tools, yeah. <laughs> he's plug and play. He gets on base. He gets yeah. on base. That's what matters. Yeah. But no, like in all seriousness, he's, he's, he'd be an interesting fit there for the Panthers at 26. If he is available. Yeah. Like, my thought is, and again, I've not followed this draft class as closely as I usually do or as closely as you. Uh, Daniel Chaika is a guy I've watched for a number of years, ever since he was, you know, in the OHL with Guelph. Uh, I really like what he brings. He's uh, gotten a bit bigger since then, too. I think he's a great fit for the Panthers. And I think ideally, like, the reality is, is 26 overall, you're not getting a player that's going to help you right away, regardless of position. You're just not. Um mm-hmm you're just trying to bolster your, your system and to have good guys that are ready to come in in a couple of years. Um, they got a lot of good forwards. I don't see like a really, I don't see a top four guy really in their defensive system. And I could be wrong on that. Like there's uh Koyachanek and there's John Ludwig. Uh, so I think like, ideally you get a defenseman and Daniel Chaika would be my pick if he's available. Um, the issue for me is that the other two defensemen that are, you know, going to be around that range are Carson Kuhlman's and Carson Lambos. And I don't really like either of them. No, I'm, I'm not a fan. Lambos has slipped hard. I think Lambos would be good value at the 26th 
or yeah, 26 overall. I think it's technically 27, but yeah, 26 overall. Um, it's good value at that point. I think he still has a lot of good tools in his game. I just don't think his upside is quite as high as people thought it was um, when he first came in. And Kuhlman's, again, it's it's a similar – he's kind of a wild card. I liked him at the U18s in his role, but, again, it's a role. It's not like he walked in and, like, was fantastic. It was like I thought he played his role well. So, again, decent fit for the prospect pool. Again, if you're just looking to bolster it, add another guy that can – that can maybe turn into something like it's okay. But yeah, cool. is a little bit of a gamble. Um, it's a low level junior league. And I, that is some disrespect. I yeah, league, noted, but... noted disrespect of the AJHL, Jacob Barker. Um, except I love uh, Car- uh, what's his name? Carter Savoie. So I can't really hate it that much, but yeah, I mean, Savoie is just, Unbelievable, and we'll talk about you know we can talk about him and more of the draft stuff at a later episode. But we got to wrap this one up. Uh, so thank you to everyone tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. We'll be back on Thursday, maybe with Noah, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, but thank you to everyone tuning into this week's episode, and we hope you have a great rest of the week. And we'll see you all then. Panthers are back.